Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Yes, we're back. However, I am not in my normal studio, my fancy studio, which is a trailer out back. (laughs) I live in a trailer (laughs) out back. But anyways, we're here in Nashville, Tennessee. We were at a Turning Point USA Pastors Summit here in Nashville. And so we decided to tack on an extra day just so we can chill out, relax, and see some of the sights of Nashville. And I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Nashville is a fun city as far as a lot going on. It's one big party city, but it's, it's in my opinion, gone beyond just the fun uh, because there's some places you go and you can smell the, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you the way it is, but you can smell the vomit in the streets and uh, a lot of drunks around and everything so this is a place that uh, a lot of history but also a place that needs Jesus once again Uh, so again we were at the Turning Point USA Pastor Summit Uh, that's Charlie Kirk's organization working with Rob McCoy Pastor Rob McCoy and they put on this phenomenal summit for us pastors down here and I'm here with a couple of friends of mine Pastor Junior and Pastor Reyna and my beautiful wife uh, Pastor Linda and me, Rob. I'm going to let them chime in in just a minute, but I just want to tell you a little bit about what it is so when they're giving their two cents, you know exactly what they're talking about. Uh, Turning Point, Charlie Kirk started this actually on college campuses, working with young people, uh, having discussions about conservative topics and ideas and ideals on college campuses and it turned into Turning Point USA which is a phenomenal organization with many what I would call sub-organizations under their umbrella their uh, Turning Point USA faith department puts this on these pastor summits which by the way pastors there's one coming up in September uh, in San Diego another pastor summit in, in San Diego this September 2023 so go to tpusa.com I believe it is and anyways you can find it there and sign up and and come out to it but it was a lot of religious but mostly political speakers conservatives most of them religious uh, that came out and just educated us pastors on what's going out on out there in the real world what's going on outside of our churches and what we can do about it. Oh, and by the way, you probably hear some music and such in the background, people. We're on the second story, kind of a balcony, looking over the city, and you could probably hear the parties going on literally beneath our feet. Anyways, back to the summit. It was a phenomenal summit. I don't want to give too much detail on it just because I want to hear what uh, my pastors here want to say about it. I want you to hear them, but I just wanted to give you just a little bit of background why we're here, what we're doing, what TPUSA Faith 
is all about. So who wants to go first? They're all pointing at you, dear. <laughs> so what am I saying? First, tell everybody who you are. Oh, hi, I'm Linda. <laughs> wow, that was boring. <laughs> wow, and then my husband tells me I'm boring. <laughs> I think I'm fascinating. Anyway. Okay, Miss Fascinating, say Ms. something. Miss Fascinating. So we're here, <laughs> as Rob said, at this Turning Point Conference. We had the opportunity to be at one uh, last last year in September, I believe, in San Diego. And it was amazing to me to see so many pastors from different denominations, from different backgrounds, uh, coming together to find out what we can do to help this nation and, and not shying away from the issues of the day. There's too many pastors, too many churches, too many Christians in general that would just like to be hidden away in their four walls where it's nice and safe and hide out until Jesus comes. But in the meantime, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and we're doing nothing about it. And we don't see that in the Bible. We see David fighting. We see for his country, for his nation, he's fighting Goliath. We see Daniel standing up against unrighteous laws. We see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing up against unrighteous laws. And yet the modern day church is, is hiding from those things. So if we want to turn things around in our society, we need to stand up. So it's awesome not just to be with other people that want to do that, but also to hear people speaking and educating those pastors, educating us so that we know what we're standing for and, and standing up for principle, Christian principles. Very good. And um, that was Mrs. Fantastic. <laughs> I can call her Mrs. Fantastic because that would make me Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, um, this is one of the things I really appreciate, not just a, with TPUSA, but the, honestly, the people that we run with, we're n at least my wife and I, we're, we're not really working too much, if at all, with anybody that's not actively engaged in turning this nation around. Uh, and that's one reason why I really appreciate Pastor Junior and his, his wife, uh, Pastor Reina, and the work that they do, because they're here, they're passionate, and they're working and ready to even get their hand, roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty doing something on an, even a greater level bringing this nation back to christ so pastor reina already pointed out my wife and pointed out her husband so i'll let her go last <laughs> she's excited right now so pastor judy what do you what do you uh what did you get out of this introduce yourself a little bit better than i did and tell everybody what you got out of this and just your thought Hello everyone, uh, my name is Pastor uh, Pastor Junior from Palmdale. Um, just excited to be here in Nashville for the first time um, in company with, with great people. Uh, but excited, you know, because uh, uh, I really enjoyed uh, this uh, summit in a way that it opened my eyes to, you know, just different things, uh, uh, as I was telling my wife. A lot of, a lot of information that, that opened my eyes to to do more for the kingdom of God, to equip people in a right way, in a righteous way. It's not that we're not doing it already, but giving them more resources so they can be built up in in a way that they can do something different for their country, for their lives, for their families, and 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 just excited to be here. You know, uh, uh, obviously looking forward to to attend the next one in San Diego, and uh, uh, looking forward to get more resources and and. And things like this because it does help the body of Christ, you know, uh, 
like as Pastor Linda was saying, uh, uh, the characters in the Bible. And I, I agree, you know, because we preach on those things. We preach on, on David. We preach on Daniel. We preach on, on all these uh, uh, Bible uh, uh, men and women that came under the Bible, right? And, and But how many of us are really doing it? How many of us are really standing for, you know, unrighteous laws? How many of us are, are standing against tyranny? How many of us are, are standing against, you know, all, all this wickedness that is going on, you know? Uh, uh, I think it's time for, for us to really stand, not only in the Word of God, but uh, stand for righteousness, stand for holiness, you know, in these wicked times, because, you know, it, it's needed. The, the, the body of Christ needs men and women that, that will uh, stand on the Word of God and, and, and preach and teach, you know, uh, uh, so that men and women can be built and, and do a difference in their country. Amen. That's absolutely so true. So true. And, uh, and one of the things that just really impressed upon me uh, during this event and it wasn't just this event. It's just one of those things that have been uh, eating at me, I, I guess you could say, for a long, long time. Is A lot of pastors, we have been taught to do things a certain way. And, and we were talking about this earlier. Whether or not there's actually real results, fruit for our labors. We've just been told that this is the way it's supposed to be done. Just do it. Even if we don't uh, see much fruit come from it. And... And I was caught up in the same thing. We come from denominational background, and we were just supposed to do certain things a certain way. And and if there's fruit, great. If there's no fruit, they just kept saying, "Well, you're being obedient, and that's all." There's that's the most important. Which, in theory, I totally agree with. And obedience, regardless of the results, is 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 more important. But at the same time, I have I've come to learn that when you serve Christ and Christ is in the midst of it, you will be successful because he is the, he's life. He's the power of life. So if you're operating in Christ and by his direction, how can you fail? There's going to be fruit, you know, and we were talking about it mostly in in the sense of um, uh, evangelism, at least like making converts versus making disciples. Yeah. And so many churches are just making converts, but not disciples, even though the Bible commands us to make disciples. But that's what we were taught. And that's how we were taught. Just go out there, tell them about Jesus, get them to say this sinner's prayer, and then brag about it on Sunday. And that's it. it yeah. Uh, yeah. Case closed. Story over. You know, move on to the next one. And then I started seeing something different at least in, in many areas. I'm just using that one to make a point. And um, even if they didn't show up to church, even if they didn't make it to discipleship class, even if they didn't make it to midweek Bible study, hey, we did what we were supposed to do, and they called that obedience. But that really wasn't full obedience because full obedience would mean that we'd be discipling them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my point on that, ladies and gentlemen, is... is no matter what you do for Christ, I'm not talking about the first time you do it because sometimes you have to keep plugging away. But eventually you'll have this breakthrough and you'll have great success if you're doing it God's way. You know, if you can find it in the pages of Scripture and you're doing it the way it was done in the early church, you will have success. If you, after doing it for, a, you know, let's say you're out there 
doing something for say six months and zero results, well, then you need to stop, back up, and really assess what you're doing because you're not doing it Christ's way somewhere, somehow. And, um, and uh, I say that in regards to what we're talking about because this is about talking about getting our nation back on track. You know, uh, and the Bible is chock full of laws and commands on how to rule a nation, how to establish a godly nation, what happens when we do that, the blessings of the Lord, the curses of God when we get away from that. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't even realize that even what was said uh, 3,500 years ago in the Old Testament, in the law, still pertains to us today, especially in regards to establishing a nation. And so when we do it God's way, it works. Yes. It works. But when we do it our way, it doesn't work. And then what's the knee-jerk reaction of the church? Oh, everything's going bad, so Jesus must be coming back. Antichrist is on the scene. It's all over. Instead of just looking at ourselves honestly and realizing that we are in disobedience because we're not fully following God's law, it's not the end, but it could be a beautiful beginning if we just get back to what God said. So anyways, that was my two cents at that moment. And uh, now I'm going to hand this over to Pastor Irena. She looks very nervous, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell her, shh, don't tell her that there's millions and millions and millions <laughs> and millions of people that are going to listen to her wisdom right now. <laughs> Table flippers. <laughs> Table flippers. Hello, my name is Raina, and like A. Ralph said, we pastor a church, me and my husband pastor a church in Palmdale, and I am, I, I was trying to do a post earlier, but I don't think I have the words um, just what we've experienced these past few days at the Turning Point uh, Pastor Summit. And first, I want to thank uh, Rob and, and Linda for even inviting us here. But it was a, a powerful time where I feel that we were equipped and there was so, we were ed educated on a lot of things that I think as Christians um, we need to understand that. Um, it, we see all this craziness going on and a, for a long time we've been told that Christians and Christianity and politics do not mix and that is a lie from the pit of hell and I believe that that is a, a tool that the enemy is using mm -hmm. against uh, Christians yep. um, I even in just these we all see what's going on with all this transgenderism all the all these wicked and evil laws that they're trying to pass and target our kids um for me i i know that you know when all this covid started we automatically knew that this was a, a an attack against the church and we we decided not to close not one time did we close our ch our church doors because we believe that um that this was an agenda from the enemy and if we were not able to withstand and stay open how i mean i just i don't understand how people were so easily you know obeying um just the government you said you know close your church and a lot of churches closed and um i think that that was the beginning of of what we see now i believe that as christians that we would rise up and know these different laws that truly protect us and not go based on romans 13 
um, we need to truly understand what that scripture means. And I am glad that we have friends that guided us through it because at the beginning we did not know much about it but what was going on but we did know that we were not going to shut our church um and i i i just i was challenged personally i was challenged in my life and challenged to to move and, and to um what's the right word to uh share with other pastors and other leaders that we need to be involved we need to be involved we need to stand against this um, this ungodly agenda that's trying to come against the church and and our children. I think that's one of the things that I really, um, it really, uh, what is it, just motivated me seeing all this. Like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? All this with all this craziness, the enemy coming against our children, against our churches, against the nation. What as Christians are we gonna do? And I believe that and I know a lot of leaders don't want to hear this but if we didn't sit down and cross our arms during maybe we would it would be a whole different story right now um so I I do believe that as uh, leaders uh you know pastors that we need to start speaking in the pulpit regarding these ungodly laws and speaking against all this evil that is going around because we are the words the bible says that we are the light so we need a um we, i believe that we need to I, what's the word i'm trying to act, not activate but uh what's kind of motivate motivate other leaders and that's even for me to motivate other leaders to get involved and to make a stand for righteousness amen amen very good very good yeah and that that Actually, here at the TPUSA Pastor Summit, they spoke a lot about the shutdowns and what was really going on, what was behind them, and uh, what pastors can do and should have should have done and should do in the future. Because trust me, ladies and gentlemen, they were so successful in shutting down uh, the country and controlling people's lives. They'll do it again. Yeah. I mean, whether it will be a uh, virus like the, this one or another virus or something similar. They're going to try because they, were, they had great success. They, um, they, they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. And, and notice that the virus didn't go away until people started just getting tired of it and standing against it. And when uh, churches and businesses and such just decided, we're just going to just open our doors and we're just going to get back to business as much as possible. Um, it wasn't until that happened then they, they decided, oh, yeah, all of a sudden this virus is over. You know, overnight, it seemed like. And that's something that should have been done the very first day, the moment they said, shut your doors, you're non-essential. Especially the church. Come on. I mean, Gavin Newsom here, governor of California, saying that the church is non-essential, yet liquor stores, strip clubs... Uh, marijuana dispensaries, they were all essential because they were allowed to stay open, but the church was non-essential. And what made him so bold to be able to say that? Well, the reality of it is because pastors shut their doors. He could say it and continue to say it because there was no backlash or very little backlash. 
And, um, and it wasn't just that. It wasn't just COVID. It wasn't just those two, three years that we just came through. It was it's so much more that ungodly, unwicked, or wickedness thrust against the church from our government that's supposed to be defending our rights. They're the very ones uh, stripping us of our rights. And the church is uh, maybe not every church. So when I say the church, I'm talking in a general sense, the majority of the body of Christ and the majority of churches are, are their, their voice. You can't even hear their voice. Yeah. You know, as they pointed out here, TPUSA, several speakers, when Roe v. Wade was turned over at the federal level, the church should have thrown a huge block party. Every church, every city, every state should have been like uh, having a party rejoicing because we prayed for that since 1973. We finally had our prayers answered and the church was silent. And even today, now, at the federal level that has been turned over, ladies and gentlemen, you could please write, write me and let me know the last time you, your church, your pastor, preached a message or said anything about abortion. As a matter of fact, what's really sad is there are many churches in the United States of America today that have embraced abortion and say that it's okay. I want you to think about the murder of the unborn pastors in the pulpit on a Sunday morning. There's many that won't say anything about abortion, even though they're personally against it, but there's a few that are for it, accept it, and even push it from their pulpits. And um, it's not just cowardice, it's wickedness. So anyways, enough of that. So I want to tell you about this one speaker that was at this event. And uh, my wife remembers his name, the, the, the agnostic James Lindsay. You can look him up, ladies and gentlemen, James Lindsay. And you say, did I hear him right? Agnostic? Yes, he's an agnostic. He's not a believer in Jesus Christ. He hasn't been saved. He hasn't accepted Christ. And yet he was one of the best speakers at a pastor's summit. Let me explain before you guys misunderstand why they would have him. Uh, he's, number one, he's brilliant. He's very well educated, very well versed, and has the ability to take complex situations with, with the law and, and all of these different things and make it very easy for you know, guys like me to understand. Okay. Number two, he's fighting for the church and he's encouraging the church and he's encouraging pastors to get out there, let their voices be heard, to stand up for righteousness, um, not hide away in their churches. Now, this is a guy that's not saved and he's fighting more for the church than most pastors are. This is why they have him. And so this honestly should be an embarrassment to the Christian church in America and most pastors out there because an agnostic is doing your job training Christians training Christians and not I'm going to say it again an agnostic is doing your job pastors on training 
your people, training Christians, on the role of church and politics or church in politics. And don't fall for that stupidity of the, of the separation of church and state. Please go read the First Amendment and you will find it's not in there. All right? It's not in there. And what this gentleman, James Lindsay, does, an agnostic, is doing a better job than most pastors at teaching Christians how to stand up for their constitutional rights and encourages Christians and especially pastors to let their voices be heard. But you see, this is also an indictment against the church. And, and, and listen, and, and I'm sorry, but pastor, church leader, if you are not teaching your people their rights, their constitutional rights, if you're not teaching them the truth of how this nation truly was founded upon the word of God, if you were not teaching them these things, if you're not teaching them their rights, and if you're not teaching, if you're not standing up and letting your voice be heard in the community, not just the pulpit, but in the community and teaching your people how to do the same, having someone like James Lindsay, an agnostic, doing your job is a slap in the face to you. And I applaud that because some number one somebody's got to do the job and if it's not going to be you and i pastors god will raise up an agnostic the same way he raised up a cyrus in the old testament to do the job of what his own people refused to do so he says fine i'll raise up a cyrus and i know a lot of you have a problem with this but why did we end up with a with a president like president trump who did so much for the church so much for our country so much for the economy because there wasn't a Christian out there willing to rise up to that position and do it themselves. So God had to go find this guy who was really rough around the edges, New York City businessman who had a um, kind of a sordid past and even in, in some ways a sordid present to do something that the church refused to do. Because we have been, we have neglected politics, we have neglected the public square and public life, and we've been hiding behind our failed eschatology. We've been hiding behind even such foolishness as Romans 13, 3. Not that the scripture itself is foolish, but the way we twist it and use it to hide, to, to, um, to a shadow and hide our cowardice. Oh, I would get involved, but I gotta obey the laws of the land. Oh, you know that Romans 13 keeps me from doing anything. Oh my gosh, I wanna keep my, you know, church open. I wanna stand up, but Romans 13, I can't do it. Obey the laws of the land. And, and I heard so many pastors quoting that scripture as an excuse for their cowardice instead of quoting what Peter said when he was commanded by the authorities to no longer preach in the name of Jesus, he says, listen, I'm not going to listen the, to the words of man. I'm going to listen and follow God because he knew God's rule, God's standard, God's law superseded all of man's law. And it's the same thing with Romans 3. Yeah, we are supposed to obey the laws of the land as long as the laws of the land don't supersede God's law. And when God says in his word, in the book of Hebrews, 
do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's simply put, go to church. And then some knucklehead from the government is going to say, you're non-essential, shut your doors. <laughs> oh, we got to obey the laws of the land. No, you got to obey the law of Jesus first and foremost. That's it. And, and what, what did we find? Cowardly pastors caved. And um, anyways, we got people like this agnostic doing a much better job than most pastors. And I'm not saying that he was teaching anything on a spiritual level. It was all how the church should go face and work in the community and the world around it to make a, a powerful difference. Anyways, at this TPUSA uh, Pastor Summit, they even had Riley Gaines, the uh, swimmer, who, who had her title stolen from her by a, a, a transgender, a, a man who wanted to tell everybody or convince everybody that he was a, a female and um, it was stolen from her. She was actually talking about it in, at, a, at a university in San Francisco and got stormed, beat up, and held hostage over this by transgender men in dresses. And then, to make matters worse, the, um, the school, that university, their, uh, their, 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 what do you call them, the leaders of that school, actually wrote a letter to the people that did this to her, absolute, complete criminal activity, and praised their actions praise their actions when they all should have been rounded up and put in prison but praise their actions and the police on the campus the campus police of that particular university did nothing didn't arrest those people did not storm that place to come and help her nothing bunch of cowards absolute cowards this uh leah thompson is this man's um female name I don't even remember his real name because I don't even like to call him by a woman's name because he's not a woman. This pervert in, in a woman's speedo. Um, a lot of people say, oh, they're so brave. They're not brave. What kind of bravery do you need to put on a woman's dress and parade around, especially in a culture that lifts that up, not just accepts it, but lifts it up? That's not bravery. That's the ultimate in cowardice. Because bravery is standing against the flow of wickedness, not jumping into it. Bravery is Riley Gaines, who stood up against it and is still standing up against it, even though her life has been threatened. She literally got accosted. She got beat up. She got held as a hostage for a, a time. And that's bravery. And she's still out there and she's still living her life and she's still becoming very um, vocal about what happened and this nonsense. That's bravery. I don't care what these school officials say. I don't care what government says. I don't care what these fruitcakes in dresses say. She's the brave one in all of this. So Riley Gaines, you have my respect um, completely and totally. And um, anyways, there was all kinds of phenomenal speakers, but I wanted to just share about those two because it wasn't just a bunch of preachers preaching to preachers. It wasn't that at all. Yes, we got taught. Yes, there was a li very little preaching, but it was mostly the encouragement 
and the sharing of how we as Christians, church members, pastors can get out in the community and really make a difference, make an absolute difference that um, pastors, I don't know if you realize this, the law is on your side. And at the Supreme Court level for religious liberties and freedoms, uh, many, many court cases have been won. And as one of the uh, um, major lawyers that have been at the Supreme Court fighting for our religious liberties made this statement. Uh, there, this, was, this statement was made several times throughout the course of this um, event, these uh, three days. He says, we have right now more religious freedom, more freedom religiously than we did 50 years ago. Now, when he first said that, I thought, no, 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 no. But then he started to explain why and started to explain some of the court cases that had been won and what it means. And I began to realize, you know, he's absolutely right. We just don't know about it because the uh, media certainly isn't going to tell us. But when we start getting in, we come to these kind of strategic three-day meetings and we get the really the truly the inside scoop and we understand really what's going on ladies and gentlemen we the church the body of christ christians in the united states of america we have more freedom religiously more freedom to 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 speak what we want to speak in a manner that we need to speak it to stand up against the unrighteousness in this nation we have more freedom to do all of that now than we did 50 years ago. And most of you don't even know it. And what's even sad, you'll hear me say this. You'll listen to this podcast and most of you will still do nothing about it. What an indictment against the church. It's time for us to, to rise up. It's time for us to uh, let our voices be heard. It's time to really make a difference and, and not cower any longer in fear. So I know you guys have heard, uh, you've been listening to me ramble. That's what I do. I get paid to ramble. And uh, I'm gonna let my wonderful guests here wrap this up with their last and final thoughts. Well, that sounded so like serious. My wife's over there acting like I just killed her. So I didn't mean last and final like in that sense but well nonetheless you know what I mean ladies and gentlemen don't let them pick on me don't let them pick on me <laughs> but it's what I do it's what I do it's what I do it's what I do well I think we've I think we've all pretty much said our piece regarding this issue and I mean I guess there's infinitely more to say as well but in a nutshell, I think we need to get back to what the Bible says. And the Bible tells us to take dominion over kingdoms, to take dominion over the earth, and to make disciples of nations. We have mandates. How do you take over nations? Well, you have to get into their political structures. Mm -hmm. And the church has shied away from these things, and it's been called unloving. And I don't understand how that can be when we've got issues from, as my husband was talking about, uh, the Leah Thompson or Thomas issue that Riley Gaines should not have had to compete that not just her she's the face of it but there's so many female athletes that are being pushed aside because these men 
whether they have mental issues or not, these men are biologically stronger in taking over women's sports. Yeah. We don't speak up politically and babies are being murdered through abortion daily. And it's considered a, a virtue. It's considered hateful to say that we shouldn't kill babies. I don't understand that. By the way, we should also save eagles and save whales, but we should. But it's okay to kill babies. I, I don't understand the conflict there. And that's because the church has stayed out of, quote unquote, social political issues. And if this isn't enough to wake up a sleeping church, I don't know what will be, because that's exactly as it was pointed out this weekend, the very thing that, and I know it seems all over the place, and it was described much more eloquently during the meeting, but these are the kinds of mentalities that led to Nazi Germany and to the Jews being slaughtered because so many people stayed silent, the church stayed silent, the pastors didn't want to get involved with politics when they were watching not just babies being killed, and I don't mean in the womb, but back then literal, you know, baby children, but adults, women, children, just because they didn't like their nationality or the color of their skin, their backgrounds, they were they were murdered. And the church stayed silent because Romans 13, let's not get involved in politics. You know, what about the underground church in China, even to this day, that they risk they risk penalties, fines, lives for meeting. And the Western church for years, I've heard them, you know, oh, wow, the Christians have so much faith in China. Really? So the Chinese should break the law in the name of Jesus. But when it comes to the United States, well, no, we have to honor the law. Make up your mind. I've heard so many people say how brave the Chinese church is or churches that are underground because they, they stand up for Jesus. We say that's virtuous. The very people that say that standing up in China is virtuous say, oh, Romans 13, we have to abide by the laws of the land when they're killing babies, when they're saying men are women, when they're saying women are men, when they're having these drag queens perform sexual acts in front of children, but a child can't go into a strip club. Like, we're backwards, we're crazy, that's insane. And the church needs to wake up because this insanity just, I know all of those things seem all over the place, but they're all related because it's basically the enemy taking over and having a party and we're just sitting back going, oh, can't get involved. Yeah. So church, wake up. Wake up so that our children, our, our my grandchildren yeah. won't have to be raised in, in utter, complete insanity. Very good. And Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your children and your grandchildren. And if you don't have children or grandchildren yet, well, let's face it, you, you probably will. And uh, what, what world are you going to leave them? Uh, any final words, Pastor Junior? I'll take over there. Yes, I just uh, uh, wanted to just share that I think we need to go back and teach the whole council of God, you know, because what I got uh, during the summit is, is not to be silent, right, you know, they use that word uh, tacit, and and that's what it means, you know, to to be silent, and and, and a lot of, uh, I want to say a a lot of leaders, pastors, you know, they held their churches uh, in ransom by, by hiding you know, by hiding in, in their fear, by hiding in their in their quote unquote obedience, you know, they held their, their churches 
uh, and ransom, right? You know, they, 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 they weren't preaching, you know, the full counsel of God, you know, because uh, they were enforcing the government guidelines. And instead of enforcing the government guidelines, you know, they should have been preaching, keep their churches open and preach the whole counsel of God, and yeah. preach healing, preach courage, preach, you know, uh, uh, the, the, you know, that that we know we don't have the spirit of fear, but we have the spirit of God, right? You know, we have the spirit of, of a sound mind, and, and and the thing is that these that these pastors they just uh, coward, you know, they 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 stood silent and they bowed their knee, you know. And and the thing is that we can't we can't stay silent in things like this. Uh, we have to preach the whole counsel of God, you know, whoever, you know, I always, I, I always say that the word of God is, is confrontational, you know, it's going to confront people and it's going to offend people, but the word of God says that the, that the truth will set you free, Yeah. right? So uh, I, I think that we need to do a better job as, as leaders, you know, to not stay quiet, to speak up, you know, to, to say what God is telling us to do because... You know, if you read the Bible, you know, all these prophets, they will start by saying, thus says the Lord. It's not that they were, you know, just giving or chiming in on their opinion, but this is what the Word says. This is what God says. And, and I think that we need to stand on that and, and speak what God is telling us to speak. You know, because the thing is that if we don't, you know, we stay tacit about, you know, all these you know, social issues, then, you know, how people are going to find, you know, freedom, how are people are going to find, you know, uh, uh, the, the love of God, <laughs> yeah. plainly, right, you know, so I, I think that we need to uh, uh, do a better job as leaders, and, and, and that's why I enjoyed, you know, the summit, because it, it, it opened, like I said earlier, it opened my, my eyes to, you know, to different things, especially in the political sense, you know, because when we started my wife and I started pastoring the church we were not at all political yeah. at all you know we didn't you know it's, it's even embarrassing to say that we didn't even vote oh speaking to me I didn't even vote you know being an American citizen I didn't even vote I didn't take the time to go vote because I always had that mentality well you know nothing is going to change and that's the mentality of a lot of, a lot of people but now you know um, I want to say what 10 years after or 10 years later and then we start seeing you know things like you know all these things happening and like no we got to do something different you know so we started to get into the political realm you know because you know quote unquote you know a pastor is political regardless you know if you want to say i'm not i'm not trying to be political but we are political because we have to like i said we have to preach against abortion you know i preached a sermon not too long ago entitled God is pro-life and so should you. Yeah. You know, so we have to be pro-life. We have to protect life. We have to protect the sanctity, the sanctity of life. You know, because God is love and, and, and God loves life. Yes. You know, and, and we have to, you know, stand, you know, uh, uh, on the word of God on that and, and preach against, you know, same-sex marriages and things like that because it's not God-ordained. God-ordained male and female. Yes. That's what the Bible says. So we have to... Uh, so all to all my uh, table flippers out there, you know, <laughs> preach the full counsel of God.
Amen. Amen. I agree. And uh, I, like um, many people, you just said, I think early on, I don't know, we voted, but other than voting, we weren't political at all. We just, we, uh, we were told. Major elections. What's that? Oh, yeah, major, major elections we would vote in stuff. But, but outside of that, we, other than providing maybe some, I'm talking about early, early on, yeah. uh, some voter guides, things like that for the people. We just, I try to stay out of it, mainly because we were told, oh, it's dirty, stay away yeah. from it, it shouldn't enter the church, right. it shouldn't this. But then when I started seeing things, we were going really south and finding out that people were voting for, <laughs> I just assumed that if you're a Christian, you're going to not vote for an abortionist yeah. or somebody that pushes a, a clearly unbiblical, wicked policy. I just, I was naive, completely naive, that a Christian would never vote for that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, I, I, so I didn't get political because I just assumed that Christians were smart enough to yeah. know you don't vote for the Antichrist. Yeah. You, you know, you just don't vote for the devil. Yeah. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, there... That's not the case. You got Christians all over the place voting for, for abortionists yeah. and people pushing the Terrible. homosexual yeah. agenda, now the transgender uh, issues and all that. And I'm like, uh, you can't do that and yeah. be a Christian. Yeah. One cancels yeah. the other one out. Right. Yeah. And so I started preaching it. And over the years, I haven't gotten softer on it. I've gotten harder on it yeah. because I still realize that you, I, I say it till I'm blue in the face, and I still see people, Christians, I remember when uh, when Obama ran, and I was totally against um, his pres becoming president because of policies. And um, I remember somebody telling me just before the elections, like two days or so before uh, the actual election day, that, um, yeah, I'm going to vote for Obama. And I went, why are you going to, I mean, I was stunned. Yeah. Why are you going to vote for Obama? And he literally said, I want to make history. What? <laughs> and I said, well, you're going to make history by putting in the worst president. I said, because of his policies. Absolute wicked policies. You know, and then I also remember, this is a funny story. After, um, it was well after uh, he was elected in. I had actually had a kind of a, I wouldn't say a full altar call, but I was trying to make a point that, the altars are open. If you voted for Obama, you can come down here and repent. <laughs> and I had a woman jump up and start yelling at me and screaming at me and everything. And I just smiled and said, so apparently you voted for Obama. <laughs> and now you're manifesting a demon. Yeah, they, they, they do go together. I mean, you know, they do go. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm having fun with it, but I am not joking at the same time. They do go together. Demonized minds vote for demonized people. Oh, wow. It's just the truth. You just got to own it. If you voted for all these wicked people, Biden, Obama, maybe Clinton, you know. And I'm not saying that some of these Republicans are much better. But the thing about a Republican, at least, and if this is the only thing, at least they have a party that hasn't turned their back on God. Maybe as an individual they did, but they at least are backed by a party that has not yet fully turned its back on God. And... And I'm not a real big, you know, lover of the Republican Party right now. There's a few that are really good, but some of them are really wacko. And um, and we do know this. 
the Republicans are not going to save us, the Democrats are not going to save us, only Jesus is going to save us. However, when it comes to voting, we need to vote for the people that are closest to Jesus. And it might seem like a huge stretch, even still, but I'm just going to be honest with you, the Republican Party is still closer to the Word of God than the, um, the Democrats have just fallen off into the ocean, as far as that's concerned. The ocean of wickedness. Democrats have a little bit of hope because there's still a few a few good ones in there. Did I say there's Democrats, the Republicans? There's no de good Democrats because even if you think you found an individual Democrat that's good, they're still tied to a system that's completely wicked. So they're guilty by association. That's just the way it is. Anyways, I, 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 here I am rambling on again. Pastor Reina, your last thoughts. My last thoughts. I will make it quick, but I totally agree uh, with Rob on this one. That, and I'm gonna correct my husband. It's been, it's been about. It was six years into our ministry that we started to get okay. uh, <laughs> to, to start to get into <laughs> politics because, and I think it it happened more when all this craziness started and and uh, about three four years ago. Um, and it's, it, it, I think that one of the uh, one of the speakers, and I can't recall who it was, is, um, said, "A silent pulpit will never bring revival." And I believe that a lot of leaders have been very silent behind the pulpit when it comes to these um, controversial that we say topics, whether it's. Um, a, uh, abortion against abortion we need to speak on on Christians should be against abortion and I guess I, I was in the same boat as a Rob when it came to I automatically assumed that Christians would vote godly values if, if, if any I was very I'm like well I, I didn't think there was Christians that would vote Democrat because at least you read the policies you know I and um, and that's where I did become more passionate about that and informing our congregation on how to vote godly godly principles and we got involved more in that and I believe it's really blessed um, our congregation and and like I said earlier I think we are encouraged we're encouraged to go back into our community and start being involved more in in our community in our school board meetings and because we need to do something about this if we're not doing it as, as Christians who will absolutely great point if the Christians are doing it somebody will do it but they won't be doing it from a Christ-based Christ-led Christ-empowered platform or place that's why the world right now is so messed up and politics is so messed up. I, I'll agree when Christians say, oh, politics are so dirty. Well, of course it's dirty because Christians pulled out of it. That's why. And so Satan loves to fill the gaps that Christians create by not showing up. We don't show up, Satan does, and then we get mad that things get bad. And then we create doctrines that saying, see, see, um, Really, it's supposed to happen this way. It's a sign of the times. Let's just chill out till Jesus comes and gets us. But we have to create doctrines like that that justify our weakness, our cowardice, and our failure to do our job. 
That's all those doctrines are about, ladies and gentlemen. And I know a lot of people will argue with me on that, but it's like, I've done the research. Ladies and gentlemen, I've done the research. <laughs> I know it because I've been at this for a long, long time. How long have I been doing this, Linda? The podcast? No, not the podcast, just being brilliant. Entire time I've known you, at least 37 years. See, my wife said I've been being brilliant for 30 some. How long? 37, you said? 37 years? You're old. Wow. Now she says I'm old. Wow. But see, 37 years is a long time to be brilliant. What can I say, ladies and gentlemen? What can I say? And humble. I tell people I'm humble and proud of it. So, anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, please, especially pastors and church leaders, please check out uh, Turning Point USA in general. Just you can you can Google, you can put in your search engine uh, TP USA, just like one word TP USA or Turning Point USA. But especially the Pastor Summit, get some information. Please show up in San Diego in September, pastors. Please show up. Come out, get educated. If nothing else, listen, they take care of us. I believe it's still paid for, right? They take care of everything, right? I believe so. And I believe it's going to be the same thing in September, but you'll find out on the website. But they take care of everything. They fed us phenomenally. Um, Great hotel, great speakers, top notch on everything. So even if you just want to chill for a couple days and get educated, just find out what's out there. Please come on in. What a great education it would be for yeah. you, for all of all of us. And uh, we plan on being there, and maybe we'll sit down and do a podcast together. Who knows? Uh, but Christians, or you don't even have to be a Christian. You may say, I'm not a Christian. Hey, just go check out Turning Point USA. They don't. It's not all. It's not all about Christianity there. It's about uh, getting this country back on track, getting this country back to where it needs to be. Yes, faith plays a huge part in it, but it's got so much more even for people that don't claim to be Christian. If you just love this nation and you know there's something not right, go to Turning Point USA. I believe it's tpusa.com, I believe. And I'll leave the link in the in the in the um, in the notes for this episode, but uh, you can google it easy. They're very easy to find great content and they're doing a great job and there's other organizations out there doing similar but get involved please get involved in something that's getting this nation back to its original founding documents and you'll be amazed when you start reading it and really start understanding where this country came from how it was founded why it was founded and i'm not talking about the critical theory nuts out there i'm talking about the truth you'll be amazed at who we were and who we are supposed to be and we've gotten off track but we're going to get back on track ladies and gentlemen so i appreciate each and every one of you and uh we're going to check out it's a beautiful nashville night you can probably hear people still partying down there and uh we're gonna i don't know what we're gonna do but we're gonna chill out for a little while god bless you all Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. 
Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed.